0: You are listening to The Learning Curve with Miss Tawleen. This is a space where you can feel empowered to think about education differently. Hi, and uh, welcome to another Thoughtful Thursday, even though truth be told, I'm recording this on a Saturday, but it's coming out on a Thursday and you might be listening to it on a different day of the week. But anyway, it's the solo episode that will drop every other week. This is my second one. For this one, kind of just going off the cuff for these particular episodes, because these are things that I'm either noticing as a trend in education or something that I'm seeing in classrooms that I'm in or conversations that I'm having with friends of mine or other parents and things like that. So today I felt a little bit of a pull to talk about reading strategies and uh, don't leave me yet because I want to talk about it because it seems to be kind of a controversial topic lately. And there's this pendulum that happens, I've noticed in education. Uh, My professors in my bachelor's and my master's program spoke to it a lot. They said, you're going to notice this throughout your career. There's always, it'll go from like a phonics-based type of instruction all the way to like a whole language-based instruction. And whole language means that basically you're having kids memorize words Words and then storing them basically in their memory bank. And then when they come across them, they read them. And then there's something called balanced literacy, which kind of meshes those two. So I want to talk about those different camps and I want to say I claim that I'm not an expert, but I guess I kind of am. I went through school for this, but you have to keep in mind that I went through school at a certain time for this. So whatever was in vogue at the time tends to be what was my strategy. But as a professional who tries to stay on top of the most current research and trends and try to keep up to date with different topics and try to stay informed, I want to talk about this a little bit. So the big hot button term or phrase that they use now for teaching reading is science of reading. And there's a few ways to approach this. So I wanted to read you a definition that I saw on the We Are Teachers website so that you know what I'm talking about when we're asking, what is the science of reading? And basically, it's like, converging evidence of what matters and what works in literacy instruction. And it's organized around models that describe how and why you teach kids to read. So... I love the early stages of learning how to read um, and teaching kids how to read when they're at that stage. And I taught kindergarten for a bit. I have two kids. um, Many of you know, but hopefully this podcast gets out there so some of you won't. I have two kids. They're five and seven, and they started reading very early in life. My seven-year-old started reading literally at two. He has like a photographic memory. He catches he catches on to words. That is just how his brain works. You only have to tell him one time what that word is, and he. Got it. We literally never studied any sort of phonics. However, now when he comes across a word that he doesn't know, he knows how to break it down. It's just a natural skill that he acquired. It's part of it. And so he decodes really well. He encodes, which is writing, a little bit more at a developmental level, which is fine. So these skills that you teach kids to break down words and do the syllables and things like that, it helps when it comes to writing and knowing how to spell words and why the rules are the way they are. My daughter, she started reading at four, and it was the same kind of story where it kind of just clicked one day. And, you know, it's funny, I would, I would have her like right by me standing over my shoulder watching me do my like slideshows or games or resources and things like that which I'll have up for you too but she would see what I was doing and then I would kind of test out the games on her a little bit and things like that so as far as like direct instruction of phonics strategies and things like that she only got it from like kind of looking over my shoulder a lot of their instruction happened by you know me reading to them or their dad reading to them my husband or um You know, grandparents reading to them and things like that. It's a big thing. We always have text around. It's in all rooms of the house. And we just pick up books sometimes and just read them. And it was just part of our daily life. And so they just kind of caught on. So when people ask, how do I get my kids to learn how to read? I mean, truly, my simple answer is, you know read to them. The same way that your dentist tells you to floss your teeth so that you can prevent cavities and you know that that's what you're supposed to do, but you might not be doing it as frequently as you should. It's the same thing when it comes to reading to your kids. When you're asking an expert, how do you help your kids read? That is the number one thing to do is to read to them. And this does way more than just learning how to read. It teaches them to love learning and to keep digging and to... And it has all those positive social, emotional benefits, you're cuddling with them, you're doing things with them, you're giving them your attention, even if it's just for a few minutes at a time, because um, their attention span's not very long. And so just keep that in mind. So when we talk about a little bit of the reading strategies, I actually do like the science of reading. I know that it's the new in vogue term. And basically, there are five pillars of literacy. And we kind of follow this, right? We, you know, it goes from phonemic awareness to phonics, to fluency, to vocabulary and to comprehension. Now, I kind of look at this a little bit more like an expert at it as opposed to just a parent, but these steps matter. So to me, when you explicitly teach kids how to break down a word, that makes so much sense. If you're noticing that your kiddo is not reading yet, you need to go back to phonemic awareness, which basically just means that you have to listen to the sound of the word. Can they think of rhyming words? That's one huge thing, one huge strategy that tells you whether or not they're really ready to read words on a page yet, right? Still practice it with them, still read with them, still build that love for reading, which to me is the main goal. You don't want to get rid of that part. You want to make sure that they love to learn, that they love books. That's the hill I want to die on, guys. Like, that's the one. I just want them to love how to do it. And helping them learn how to decode is is huge, okay? So if they're not reading yet, they're little. the best things you can do is see if they've got the skills to rhyme. If they could figure out the beginning sound and the ending sounds of words, not letters. So like, if you're talking about the beginning sound of cat, you don't want them to say C. You want them to say, right? And then if you're talking about the ending sound, you're talking about the, Not T. Okay. And you want them to be able to hear that. You want them to be able to manipulate the word. So if I change the beginning sound of cat to b, what would my new word be? It would be bat. And you want to cut off the sound too. So you don't want to say b, you want to say And cut it off so that way they're not saying it as but at which, believe it or not, happens once in a while. So once they manage, master those skills, and this kind of happens concurrently with while you're teaching phonics, you're going to do both things. I have some strategies. I have some slides um, that I'm going to be sharing soon. Uh, They might be out by the time this podcast comes out. That will help teach these skills. In a regimented way and also just kind of making it fun. You want hands on interdisciplinary activities. Like you want to use their senses. You want to use their body. Total physical response is a big deal because when they use their body, they're going to be committing it to memory in a different way also. So. I just want you to think about this a little bit, because when you are an adult who's reading, right, you're not breaking down each word, each word with phonics skills, right? You have committed these words to memory bank, and so you know how to call on this, and that's how you become a fluent reader, right? But pretend you're reading the back of a shampoo bottle, and you're trying to figure out what ingredients are in your shampoo. You are probably going to go back to your phonics skills and break down the words naturally. And then you're kind of breaking them down by their syllables and then the, the rules and then you you chunk them together and then you you blend them and you do all those things. So we still rely on these skills. Like I remember reading books about dinosaurs with my kids that I had a hard time pronouncing. And I had to rely on my phonic skills to go through those words and then sound it out and then say, okay, that's the word. Because there are going to be words that you just don't know and you need these skills that you're going to fall back on. So that's the importance of it. And then you are still reading to them daily and you are building that love for reading. And just realize every kid is different, but the way that their brains work are often, there's a consistency there that you want to lean into, but spend that time with them. Even if it's just 5-10 minutes in the morning or at night that you're reading with them before bed. Is perfect. So I encourage you to do that. If you have any questions about this, this is my jam. This is my area of expertise. I don't want it to be like a controversial topic because I think that there are just so many ways that you can address um, teaching, reading and inspiring a love for reading. But typically where there's a will, there's a way and you can do it. And if you need guidance, I'm happy to help you. Thanks, guys. Enjoy this episode. Bye.